0: what's going on fa nation welcome back three laces races left to go in the season i'm dan malin joined as always by the fswa nascar writer of the year matt sells and we have a very special guest tonight we'll get to that in a moment he's mike is currently muted but matt how are you doing on this thursday evening
1: i'm doing pretty well um you know, the, the weather that we saw in Kansas last weekend, 47 degrees, and everybody in Parkas has basically parked itself over us here in Nebraska all week, uh, so much so that it was supposed to be 70 here today, and it never even cracked 50 degrees. So thanks, weathermen, for that one. Sent my kid to school in a lightweight jacket expecting it to be 70 by the time she got out of school. That was incorrect. Uh, but other than that, you know, we get Texas on tap this weekend. Another shot to clinch a spot in the championship four. So we'll see how it plays out. I'm not overly enthusiastic about Texas. Uh, it's boring.
0: Let's it's be kind honest.
1: Of, it's kind of a boring mile and a half. It's uh, boring. Which is why I'm very happy it lost the date uh, to Coda next year. Although I'm not excited that they put the all-star race in Texas because that's going that's to be anus. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's basically my mood this Thursday. All right, we have
0: a special guest tonight. Uh, He's been on the podcast before. You can go ahead and unmute your mic, sir. Ed Rouse, welcome back to the NASCAR (laughs) Fantasy Alarm. Hey, greetings from
2: 70 degree, no cloud in the sky, California, guys. You know,
0: it's like 70 degrees, but plenty of clouds in the sky in Atlanta. You
1: people suck.
2: Hey, though, it's good to be back, man. I'm excited. Playoffs coming to an end. Logano. Last week, putting himself in Phoenix where he wants to be, and my goodness, am I excited for uh, next week because Texas is, like you guys said, pretty
0: boring. It's yeah. pretty boring, which is why we brought you on the podcast just to so <laughs> bring a little life to this podcast. Okay, because <laughs> this, this race is probably going to suck on so many different proportions. Uh, Everything's
2: bigger in Texas, though, right? I mean, that's what they say. Come except
0: on. this race, this yeah, race. including the
2: margins of
1: victory, even in this package that doesn't let people pass.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we do apologize for already kind of shooting this race down, but we're anticipating it to be a boring one. But we had plenty of news. Well, the one funny. in
1: July was pretty in, was pretty interesting. The one in July, but that's about one. Interesting in the
0: sense that a couple of like Richard Childress racing cars were at the front, and that Austin Dillon is yeah. like steal a win at a mile and a half track.
1: Yeah, but that's, like, the only one in, like, the last five that had, that was not. Oh, wait, no, there was the second one when Kyle Larson caught fire on the track. <laughs> that was entertaining, but for a different reason.
0: Speaking of, uh, that's a pretty good segue into the news of this week. Uh, we'll kick it off with Kyle Larson. He is officially reinstated uh, as of January 1st. Um, he can run in the cup series next year. There is one logical ride available for him. It's hard to believe he won't get that ride. Uh, are we pretty much buying into, we have to buy into at this point, Kyle Larson into the 88 car next year, correct?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, the writing has been on the wall for a while. Um, there was some reports from Adam Stern and a couple others a few weeks ago that, um, And for those of you who don't know, Kyle Larson's been working with this urban uh, youth organization in Philadelphia for several years, not just this year, but several years. It kind of tries to get um, underprivileged African-American kids into the racing, uh, you know, the racing world. And the last time he was there, it just so happened that Steve O'Donnell, president of NASCAR, uh, and the president of Chevy, we're also in the same room as Kyle Larson. So you can only kind of imagine that they all chatted and, you know, spoke up. And then Hendrick uh, is is very well thought of in the Chevy camp. And Chevy also responded to his reinstatement, basically saying, we have no problem with it. We wouldn't have an issue with it. And so that basically clears the way for Kyle Larson to be back in a Chevy. Uh, so the 88 is the likely landing spot and... Plot twist, he can also get his uh, crew chief back, Chad Johnston, who was his crew chief with Ganassi, because they fired him because he couldn't make a 48-year-old Matt Kenseth do well in a car he had never driven in two years. I don't know. Uh, so he can get his crew chief back because they do have an opening at Hendrick for a crew chief. So that should make him an instantaneous competitor uh, start 2021.
0: Yeah, and uh, Matt and I talked about this last week. If you haven't seen uh, Kyle Larson's, I don't mm-hmm. really consider it an apology. I kind of consider it like an open letter. Like he's yep. very honest. Details, you know, the mistake that he made, what he went through to kind of learn from it, not necessarily correct it or remedy it, because it you know, what he did was you know it only took like one second, but he ruined his entire career for the rest of this season. Uh, But the steps that he's taken to better himself and learn from it and and help contribute to the change that NASCAR is is striving for uh, speaks volumes. Um, So I am in support of his return to the Cup Series. Bubba Wallace and, and many others have voiced their support
1: as well. And I'm sure the dirt track guys are gonna to love to see him not under <laughs> considering the fact he's the raced, is like a 92 he's raced dirt, dirt, win percentage. Yeah, he's raced dirt cars eighty-eight times this year. He's won more than forty of them. And since June, his win percentage is something like fifty eight percent of the races. So that's just insane.
2: Dude, just that DraftKings wasn't on that one, geez.
1: Yeah, I know. Why well, can't <laughs> there be DK dirt racing DFS and then you just lock in lock? Kyle Larson would be your entire budget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it wouldn't matter, game. though. <laughs> no. So, that was part of the news. Um, some other news, Chase Briscoe wound up in the 14 car, so congrats on that call there, Dan. You had that one correct. Uh, yeah. I did not think it was going to be Chase Briscoe. Um, so, yeah, Chase Briscoe is It just in- made a little
0: too much sense to me because, like, he set the goal for himself. Like, he wanted eight wins in Xfinity this year. I think he's at nine right now. Yes. Could easily get to ten. Um so it's like, why why wouldn't they, like, you're losing Clint Boyer, but you you have you have arguably the hottest driver in Xfinity right. uh, signed to SHR. Just bring him up and put him in the 14. Also,
1: a nice twist is that Chase Briscoe is from Indiana, which, if you don't know, Tony Stewart is also from Indiana. Tony Stewart was the driver of the 14 car for a while, obviously, before Clint Boyer uh, took it over. And Chase Briscoe grew up it considering Tony Stewart a hero of his. So for him to now be essentially replacing, you know, and driving the boss man's car in the Cup series is pretty cool. And if you haven't seen a video on Twitter from them, Tony Stewart invited he uh Chase Briscoe and his family over to Tony Stewart's house under the guise of they were gonna help move some of Tony Stewart's car collection from his garage, but it turns out that he actually was telling Chase Briscoe that you're getting the call to the big leagues and uh, had his family all there. So it's, it was a pretty, pretty nice move. Um, Eric Jones signed a multi-year deal to wind up in the 43 car starting next year. Um, so he'll be with Richard Petty Motorsports for at least a couple of years. Um, so wait,
0: wait, let's at least have the open discussion because we've had yeah. it uh, Do you think, Brit, do you think Eric Jones is an upgrade as far as quality of driver over Bubba?
1: So I think it's actually close. I think it's closer than a lot of people tend to believe simply because Eric Jones wound up in a JGR car and Bubba wound up with Richard Petty Motorsports. But the last time they were in similar equipment was in 2015. I think in the truck series, they were both driving for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Eric Jones had four wins that year. Bubba Wallace had three wins. Eric Jones won the championship by two positions on the on the racetrack over bubba wallace so in similar equipment they were pretty similar drivers Um, one interesting note though about bubba wallace the crew chief he has this year jerry baxter who was with him in the truck series and that's i think in part why bubba wallace had success this year is staying at richard petty motorsports he is not moving to the new team with bubba wallace He's staying with Richard Penny Motorsports. He said he felt comfortable there. He's also worked with uh Eric Jones previously, because obviously they were both at Kyle Busch Motorsports together. And another thing to keep in mind, Jerry Baxter knows the Chevrolets really well. He's been crew chiefing for them for a while. Right. Whereas now Bubba Wallace is moving to a Toyota next year. The 23 car, which, yes, was announced. It is number 23, like it's a shock with Michael Jordan uh, owning the team. (laughs) Uh, That'll be a Toyota. Obviously, Denny Hamlin is tied in with Toyota. So that kind of makes some sense that the crew chief would stay with Richard Petty. So uh, I think Eric Jones will improve the 43 a bit, but I don't think it's going to be like he's going to immediately turn them into a championship contender.
2: Here's how I look at it. Have you guys seen that Spider-Man meme with Spider-Man looking at Spider-Man? That's yes. exactly what's happening here. Where are you going with this? <laughs> That's exactly what's <laughs> happening here with this one. And a real quick note on Briscoe, by the way. He's a very interesting driver for next year, especially in DFS as rookie of the year candidate, because A, he's very well rounded. He's good at almost every course. Road courses, he's great, you know, one and a half miles, you know, one mile. He he's gonna be very interesting. I kinda look forward to him being in in uh the top level next year. Didn't he
1: win at, Indy, at the Indy road course? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, so he's, he's got very a leg I
1: maintain
0: that he, that Austin Sindrick got screwed on the restart of that race, though, that pushed him back.
1: Well, that's probably true. But Chase Briscoe still made a heck of a move. He did. And it, it was, was lead
2: the lead. And to hold him off. Of
0: any race this year. But, I mean, yeah. going back to Ed's point, it's like, I agree he's an interesting rookie of the year candidate, only because if you're looking at, like, the landscape of rookies next year, like, who does he really have to compete with?
1: Yeah, he might be by default. Right. I mean, it's yeah, not nobody. like it was this year's class where you. <laughs> this had year's
0: class was great, and it's just. Bell
1: and Custer Niewiczek won by default, cause Custer. One right, Custer Redick, won not. by default because he made the playoffs, and no other rookie did, which yeah. was kind of crap because Redick actually beat him in the in the point standings. Um, but yeah, he might be. He might just be the only rookie up next year, so it's basically him that's gonna win it. Um, and then yeah, the the Bubba Wallace race team has a name now. It's uh, I guess twenty three XI Racing is what they're going with, but that's obviously Roman numerals for eleven, so twenty three eleven Racing, which again makes sense. Michael Jordan twenty three, Denny Hamlin eleven, makes perfect sense. So no secret uh,
2: formula to that one. Let's put it that and way. And then
1: Go Fast Racing. Uh, Last bit of news I came across today was that GoFast Racing is basically going to run a part-time schedule next year in the Cup Series, run five or six races. Their charter is going to go to BJ McLeod Motorsports, which he started this year. It's his own race team. Uh, And a little bit of kind of interesting news is that Matt Tift, former driver who now no longer drives because he's got, like, brain issues going since he recovered from his brain tumor right. a couple of years ago, he is rumored to be kind of a co-owner of that team. So that's kind of nifty to see him involved in racing again, too.
0: So let's talk a little bit. Um, you and I, Matt, texted about this. Like, what does this do for Corey LaJoy and Ty Dillon, Chris Busher, Ryan Priest? What about those kinds of
1: drivers? So there's rumors that Ryan Priest is on the outs with um his race team and maybe headed back to Xfinity and if he is then the rumor is that Corey LaJoy winds up in the 37 car next year which would be pretty nice because that's a step up for him for sure over go fast racing
0: 32
1: Mm -hmm. um Ty Dillon I don't really know what happens with Ty Dillon at this point to be frank because it's hard to believe he doesn't get a car well right but RCR has already said they're not going to a three-car team because the 99 car, which is uh, a new team, which is the one that Daniel Suarez wound up with, is going to be embedded in the RCR garage. So they're basically taking up a stall in the RCR garage and going to be essentially a third RCR team next year. Um, I mean, there's a couple, I guess there's a couple of cars still available that are like the back marker cars, like Spire Motorsports, could be a 77 or the 95. They haven't fully announced who's going to be in those cars yet next year. Uh, One option could be Justin Haley. Um, But, yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting. I mean, if you think about it, Ty Dillon's main sponsor was Geico, and Geico announced they're not doing any sponsorship in racing in 2021 or beyond at this point going forward. So he's got no sponsorship. And he's been kind of like a 25th place driver. So if your option is Corey LeJoy, who has shown abilities to get more out of the equipment than he should, and LeJoy can come with sponsorship, they're going to give LeJoy a shot over Ty Dillon.
0: Do we qualify Corey LeJoy's own face on the hood of his car sponsorship?
1: I mean, he comes with it, right? <laughs> yeah, he does. I'm just trying to <laughs> he has a
2: great make money. Like, that's so beautiful, like LeJoy. It rolls yeah. up. A-
1: yeah,
0: and Matt and I met him. He's actually a really He's nice a dude. super nice, nice
2: dude. Really How can you not really
0: nice. be nice when your name is LaJoy? He is the joy. Uh, yeah, he, he also did like that one race last year where... Samaritan's...
1: Samaritan's, Samaritan's
0: Feet. feet. Yeah. Uh, where if you donated, he and his team personally wrote your name on his car. Um, yeah, we
1: had our names on his car, right?
0: Yeah, I donated, you donated, uh, a couple members of the FA Nation donated as well.
1: Uh, does that cover news this past week? It was a busy week. Yes. A lot of it was earlier today, too. Yeah, it was a very busy day for Pockers. I don't know if his thumbs are sprained yet or not, but he was tweeting tweeting all over the place. And there was news about Texas Motor Speedway applying traction compound to the track. Although, in slightly different ways on either side of the corner, so it's going to be kind of weird. Because they're going higher in turns one and two and for longer. And they're going shorter and lower in turns three and four. So we'll have to see exactly how that plays out during the race. But... Hope to God it gives a second groove to that track, because if it doesn't, it's
2: going to not be fun.
1: Yeah. I'll still watch. watch. Oh, we'll still watch, but I can tell you from personal experience going to that track that that is a terrible mile-and-a-half track. Except, of course, when Kyle Larson's car, car caught fire, that was slightly entertaining, though he was okay, so we can all... You
2: know. I think you got a man crush on Kyle Larson. I'm just going to pull it out right now. I think you got a little man. bit of a man crush on him, Matt. Uh,
1: his driving, driving style? Cars. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's too short
2: for me. Kyle <laughs> Larson's driving
1: style is phenomenal. Plus, I really want to see what happens when Kyle Larson and Tyler Reddick take the same line on a racetrack.
2: Oh, on the, the high line? Oh, okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> that's a good point. You can't tell uh, me. That's not going to be anything. It's going
0: before we drive it, dive into the slate of drivers. Matt, do you just want to go over the schedule this weekend? Xfinity races Saturday afternoon. Trucks race uh, at high noon, right before the Cup race. So if you want to, look, if you're not into football, eh, you might be Canadian. But uh, you've got uh, the NASCAR Gander RV Truck Series race at 12 o'clock, followed by the Cup race a couple hours later this afternoon in Texas. So there's two races on Sunday. Uh, bold move by NASCAR to compete with. Uh, nfl sunday but matt what's your schedule looking like this weekend
1: um so the track breakdown came out earlier on thursday we're recording this it's about 11:20 p.m eastern thursday night right now uh dfs rankings and projections will be out on friday throughout the day um you know obviously there's some football content i have to take care of as well uh saturday you'll see the cup playbook come out xfinity playbook what friday night or saturday morning
0: Uh, It's going to be – I'm working on it Friday night.
1: It'll be out Saturday morning. Right. And then Truck Playbook from Dan uh, will also be out. And then – Saturday night into Sunday morning. And then um, we'll have the Best Bets come out probably Saturday. And then example lineups Sunday, um, about 90 minutes before lineup block. So – Uh, And any race day updates will obviously happen Sunday. I was scrambling um, to update the rankings and projections a bit yesterday or uh, last week when Truex failed pre-race inspection twice and moved to the back. Um, So if there are tech inspection issues, those things will all be updated. That's basically what the schedule looks like this weekend. All right, let's dive in. We are at Texas.
0: Super duper boring mile and a half front row, Kevin Harvick eleven thousand on DraftKings fourteen thousand on Fanduel next to Joey Logano winner of last week's race ninety eight hundred for Logano. We talked a little bit before the race what the approach was with Logano this week. Ed and I seem to be in the boat that you should just fade him. He's got his eyes set on Phoenix. Uh, didn't he win Phoenix earlier this year?
1: Yes. Uh, so yeah, he he's... won Vegas and Phoenix before the quarantine. The and then, okay, and then. Kansas was his first win since it started back up.
0: All right. And we were not expecting Joey Logano to win another race this year, but he has qualified for the championship four. I like to just take the approach that I don't think he cares. I think he goes out, runs laps, maybe still gets a top 10, but there's no reason for him to really give a damn about this race. Other than maybe money, extra money for his crew. I just don't think he gives a crap about this race. I almost swore. Well, you know –
1: I think that's mostly correct. But if it's late in the race and he's in position to win it, the advantage to him winning it is that you then eliminate a free shot for one of your competitors to get into the championship four with, let's say, a golden ticket. It'd be down to Martinsville and then pointing your way in. So he'd be guaranteed that only two people to win in the round of eight would make it to the championship four, and then the other ones would have to point their way in. So that's the only real advantage. I tend to agree that I don't think he's really going to go all out for this one. Uh, I'm pretty sure he considered Kansas to be his best shot at winning in this uh, in this round. Uh, but I will say it is kind of interesting because I think this is the first time in a while that the that last week's winner is not on the poll. Uh, which tends to show you how far down in the points Logano was before winning. Uh, Because, you know, Harvick to still be on the plot. I mean, he did finish second. It's not like he had a terrible Kansas race. Uh, And probably should have won that race, except for dirty air and aero packages. Um, Kevin Harvick is going to be a highly played guy this week. He's won the last three playoff races at Texas. Uh, He had a pretty good race there in July. He finished fifth. Led 40 laps, had 22 fastest laps. Um, Guy's been really good at Texas. He's really good at mile-and-a-half tracks. Uh, You know, to be honest, he doesn't really have to win either. He's probably pretty safe, just trying to point his way in at this point. But it's Texas. He wins there. Uh, He does, yeah. I mean, he hasn't finished outside the top 10 in the last eight races at this track, so. Ed, I know you're kind of
0: in agreement with me on Joey Logano. Uh, just just help lend a little more of my perspective as to why we're fading the guy.
2: Yeah, man, I'm totally with you. I think uh, Logano's set up. His car is being prepped for Phoenix right now. And to be honest, I think if you're a betting man, I would bet on him to win the whole damn thing right now. Well, you can because Phoenix is his track. He's already in and on this race if you're playing DFS obviously DK did the right thing pressed him a little bit down FanDuel 13000 okay now he's going to be sitting back you know in Margaritaville drinking a margarita sipping and I know you can't drink and drive people but I'm just saying he's going to be less like yeah I'm cool I'm going to get <laughs> my car ready for for Phoenix but harvick on the other end though he's kind of a must play in this situation I know he's the most expensive on DraftKings and in FanDuel but I mean this is his course and he's the type of guy this whole season where it's like, I just want to make sure I'm in. I don't want anything to happen. I don't want to worry about points. Uh, this is my track. This is my sit. – I'm in first. I'm on the pole. I'm going for it. I think Harvick is going to probably win this race. I mean, obviously, a lot can happen, but he's my favorite to win this race. And I, I think he's a must play in DFS. If you want to have any chance eat in cash or GPP, you have to play him.
0: All right, we'll move on to the second row. Brad Keselowski, $9,600 on DraftKings, $11,000 on FanDuel. Chase Elliott, $10,500 on DraftKings, $12,500 on FanDuel. Matt, uh, there's no denying the rabbit's foot that Brad Kislowski is in possession of. Um, is this one of those races that he could potentially steal a win and lock up a playoff spot? The resume for Texas necessarily isn't on his side, but we've... Seen with him this year that typically just doesn't necessarily need to matter. Um, And do you think that Chase is a must win to get into the final four? Do you think that he could
1: possibly point his way in? Um, I think he's probably a must win, although his history at Martinsville has been pretty good. He's been in position to win there a couple of times once Denny Hamlin booted him. Uh, Late in the race, so badly that Denny Hamlin, who grew up like an hour from the track, was booed viciously at the end of the race by his own home state fans. Um, And then another time, I think he was booted by Logano, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Kislowski I am torn on Kislowski because if you look at this year at intermediate tracks... Kislowski has an average finish of 7.6. That's pretty good over 13 races at, you know, mile and a half tracks plus Darlington. However, over the last five races at Texas, he's finished 33rd or worse three times. And he's gone backwards in every single one of them. In the July race here, I think he started sixth and finished ninth. That's the fewest amount of spots he's ever given up in the last five races here. So, (sighs) It's a pretty uh interesting scenario here for Kislowski. Uh considering the fact that if you remember a couple of times ago at Martinsville, he flat out dominated that race. Right? He led like 460 something laps of the 500 laps uh a couple of times ago at Martinsville. So those are two interesting guys for me. I'm higher on Chase Elliott this week than Kislowski though.
2: Ed, how are you reading this one, man? I kind of look at the same situation. I look at Chase Elliott and he's going, man, there's no road courses coming up. I'm not a guaranteed <laughs> spot here. Um, I kind of have to go out there and perform. And he's right on the cut right now. He's he's literally the the one outside. Um, I, I like him. He's a little expensive for me, though, for a DFS purpose. Yeah, It's almost like a GPP only because ten five. Like he's literally... Agreed. Right below Hamlin. He's and- gonna have
1: to he's gonna have to lead laps to hit value exactly. at that point. So. so
2: so the value's not there, but from a personal perspective, he has to go out there and perform because let's be real, Chase Elliott's a road course specialist. He's shown it the last couple road courses in short tracks. A mile and a half, he's hasn't been that great on. So he may go out there and be like, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it, and he may fail, but for DFS purposes, I may fade him a little bit, but Keselowski is always that guy that like you never know. When he, when you think he's going to do it, he does it. And when he's like, uh, he's not going to do it, he does it. He's like a really like off-driver to me. I um, have him ranked kind of low, but I'm going to have to play him in GPP too because he could win this thing because it's Texas.
1: Yeah. Now one thing I will say about Chase Elliott this year at mile and a half, he, his average finish looks worse than it actually is because if you think about it, he was wrecked Uh, by Martin Truex Jr. with a handful of laps to go at Darlington uh, in the Southern 500. He made a terrible... uh, Well, his crew chief made a terrible pit call at the Coke 600 to bring him in uh, because he wasn't sure he was going to have tires or gas for three laps, apparently. Um, And then he was wrecked out by Kyle Busch at one of the Darlington races, so... There's 3 mile and a half. So he was running in position. He should have won two of those. Um, so, yeah, those things kind of affect his average finish a little bit at intermediates. But I'll, I'll agree with you. He's definitely a GPP play for me, and I'm kind of off of Kislowski for the most part this week. All right, we'll move on to the
0: next row. Alex Bowman, 9100 on DK, very tempting price tag. Martin Shurks Jr. is 10200 on DK, 12000 on Fandle. Truex is the king of the mile and a half, although we haven't really seen it this year. Uh, kind of a down year with his only win coming at Martinsville. But if you look at Alex Bowman lately, like third last week, uh, eighth at the Roval, not great. And then 14th, I think that was Talladega. But if you look at what he did at Kansas, uh, South Point 400, and then the Bass Pro Shops race at Bristol, you know, he's he's getting fastest laps at this, these races and they are still helping return value for DFS. Uh, it seems like, you know, the 88 car is, is coming into these races, you know, that aren't at road courses or super speedways. Like, they're coming in with the right setup. So, for me, at 9100, like, this is a really good spot to get some exposure to Alex Bowman. And Martin Trix Jr. as well. Like, I understand it's, it's a bit of a down year for him. It's been a down year since last year's championship race in Miami. Um, easy spot to to play both guys this week.
1: Agreed. Um, Alex Bowman in the last five races has the third best average finish of anybody in the field behind only Kevin Harvick and Eric Jones. So that's kind of how good Alex Bowman's been, a bit under the radar. Um, as the pricing shows, because he's still only 9,100, but he's posting top fives and top tens basically every week. Um, so I pr- this is going to sound odd, but I'm probably on Alex Bowman more than I am Martin Truex Jr. Um,
0: yeah, that's odd. I'm a little speechless. Uh,
1: <laughs> I'm not sure how to respond to that. I mean, their records <laughs> at this track, their the records at this track are pretty similar, to be honest. I mean, Truex has a little bit more laps led over his eight races here than Bowman, but let's be honest, this is clearly the best year of Bowman's career in the Cup Series, and I'll take the $1,100 savings on DraftKings and $2,000 savings on FanDuel. Because if Bowman doesn't lead any or that many laps and he finishes roughly where he starts, he's going to pay value at that point.
2: Yeah, I kind of agree. Look at the eye test on this whole thing, too. Like, Truex, the bearded bass master, as I've stapled him, he's been fishing this whole year. Like, he really, like, every time I play him or every time he just, he's been coasting a little bit. And Bowman's been great lately. That '88 car, a playoff car, by the way, is doing really well, and uh, he's been driving great. And $9,100 compared to Truex's 10, 2, and 12,000 on FanDuel. Jesus, I mean, I'll take Bowman any day in, in that in that line.
0: All right, we'll move on to the next line. I'm kind of surprised by the analysis on the last one. I'm not arguing that Alex Bowman isn't maybe a better value, but Damn, to be so good, low on a guy that dominates my test lately. Did. I mean, the they are, I get it,
1: yeah. They both <laughs> are under the points. And frankly, Bowman is actually ahead of Truex in terms of cutoff line.
0: Yeah.
1: But Truex did win at Martinsville earlier this year. He's been dominant at short track. So it's possible that he could just be going, okay, let's have a solid enough race at Texas and then go out and crush Martinsville for a shot at Phoenix. Whereas Bowman, not great at short tracks. And so, you know, mile and a half is where he's been strong this year. Could be looking to punch his ticket. All right.
0: Next row, Denny Hamlin, 10800 on DraftKings. Kurt Busch, $8,500 in DraftKings. Kurt's a, in his last four races at Texas, pretty solid play. Yes. Uh, top tens in all, each of his last four races. That's safe. Uh, Denny Hamlin, though, we know what he can do. Without practice, without qualifying in this odd year of COVID and very little preparation, it's been the Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick show, similar to Xfinity, how it's been the Austin Syndrick and Chase Briscoe show. Uh, we cannot discount Denny Hamlin one bit. I don't care about the resume here at all. He is a candidate to steal a race, to dominate a race. He could come out and have the best setup and just lock his spot up. Um, I think we're, we're all in agreement that – a little exposure if you're making 20 lineups to every cha- championship driver it's warranted.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Uh Kurt Busch is in a must-win situation after his car exploded on the track yeah. last week. Um you know, he was I don't know if anybody heard the radio communication but they were making him flip to like page 3 and 4 of the electronic dash to try to figure out what was wrong and then like 2 seconds later the car blew up and he was like, "Well, that explains it." Um <laughs> So, plus he looks super sad on the, on the screenshot that Fox put up with his head like just down, hanging in the, in the, uh, you know, garage area. He just looked devastated. But yeah, I mean, Denny, you can't shortchange Denny this year, uh, in 13 mile and a half races, he's finished top five or won them seven times, um, which is the second most to, you guessed it, Kevin Harvick, um. There's a little bit of desperation there to play with Kurt Busch. Um, but again, you, you got to have exposure to both of these guys. The price savings on Kurt Busch is kind of nice, given his track history here. Um, but Denny can go out and dominate very easily, so you can't discount any of them.
0: Ed, how are you feeling about this line, or should I just feed you the next line of Kyle Busch and Ryan Blaney?
2: I mean, Real quick, I'm going to say one thing. Denny hasn't looked good lately. Again, the eye test. The last couple of races, he hasn't looked good at all. There's duct tape all over his car. He's struggling. Um, so there's that. I mean, yes, it is Denny yeah, Hamlin. Yeah, he did
1: hit the wall in yeah. Kansas, too.
2: Yeah, it is Denny Hamlin at the, at the end of the day. But for 10 8 compared to 1100 for Harvick, I mean, if you're going to pay up, you, you got to go Harvick, in my opinion. But you, sh- if you're doing 10 lineups, two Denny Hamlin, eight Harvick is where I would go on that. But yeah, Kurt Bush, 8500 um, on DraftKings. I wouldn't even touch them on Fandle for ten five, but for 8500. Desperation out of play. Yeah, also,
1: by the way, Denny started 7th in July and finished 20th at this race. So,
0: Well, we'll move on to the next row. Uh, Last of the remaining, well, not missed. Nope, nope, nope. I screwed up.
1: Nope, you did not. historically. Yeah, historically they would be, but not this year. I messed up.
0: Kyle Kyle Busch and
1: Blaney are not in the playoffs. They are
0: not in the playoffs anymore.
1: Uh,
0: Kyle Busch is 9,300.
1: He
0: He literally has nothing to race for, but he has said that he does want to get a win this year. He's 9,300.
1: Oh, by the way, the last time he was that cheap was Texas in July.
0: Uh, Ryan Blaney is 10,000 on DraftKings. Ed, I'm throwing this one to you because one, it's got Rowdy Nation at a super cheap price. Two, it's got your boy, Ryan Blaney.
2: Right. President of the Ryan Blaney Fresno fan club here. Remember, Ryan Blaney in this race recently, when Austin Dillon won. It was really dominating the race almost the whole time, until
1: 150 laps in July.
2: And then there was no cautions. He had a green green pit stop. Then there was a caution, and Austin Dillon won by luck. Let's be real, (laughs) like strictly (laughs) luck. Austin Dillon won that race, and it was Ryan Blaney. I believe won the first two stages in that race as well, dominating the entire time. Uh, Ryan Blaney ten thousand eleven six. I mean. A little priced high on FanDuel, but FanDuel, when they're pricing, is not yeah. all cool in my book. But uh, right there, 10000 I think you've got to get him in a, a lot. This is kind of like his course. He's been really good here. And uh, I know he's not really racing for anything. Maybe pride, I guess. But so is Kyle Busch going there, too. You know, he wants to win a race this year. 9300 is so cheap. You could easily get a Harvick-Bush stack with some of the younger guys we'll talk about later, or lower guys we'll talk about later, and probably have a good good chance of winning this week. Matt, what are your
0: thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll parrot everything that, that uh, Ed just said. I'm fine with both guys. Kyle Bush has won here three times. He is still trying to get his first win of the season. But it is a point of pride because he's won – Every season in the Cup Series, which is 15 seasons at this point, point um, and Ryan Blaney, like you said, was dom was flat out dominant uh, at Texas in July. He led 150 laps, had 86 fastest laps. The only reason he finished seventh is because it was just a terribly timed caution uh, for Ryan Blaney, who was on pit road and lost a bunch of spots because the caution came out when he was no, getting his tires tried
2: changed. That race,
1: Overall, oh, yeah, how, was- how
0: likely is it that you think we see a, pl- a non-playoff driver win a race? When's the last time we saw that happen at the cup level? Um, you may not know it off the top of your head, but it's just—I feel like this is something. I mean, it's that happens happened. It's
1: it's fairly rare, but it has happened. We'll I don't think like it happens track, more. This would be trucks. the track where that happened. This would be, and I will say that over the last two races at Texas, there have been twenty-one combined cautions. Over the last 10 races of Texas, there's an average of 8.2 cautions a race. So this can get a little crash happy uh, if guys carry too much speed into the corners and then the sticky stuff, as Clint Boyer calls it, doesn't work. Um, so just something to watch out for. Not saying it's like Talladega or Daytona, but it is something to watch out for. So I'm fine with getting exposure to both of these guys. Um, I think Ryan Blaney's going to be a pretty popular play. Um Kyle Busch probably do at ninety three hundred because it's hard to turn down uh, KFB at ninety three. All right, next row we have William Byron eighty three
0: hundred on DraftKings, eighty five hundred on Fanduel. Austin Dillon seventy five hundred dollars on DraftKings, nine thousand on Fanduel. Very cheap price tag for Austin Dillon, despite the fact he's coming off a win here in the summer. Matt, who are you feeling for the uh, on this
1: row? Um. Well, let's go with the birthday narrative. I think it was Willie B's birthday today. Uh, Happy birthday, Byron. If if a week after his wedding, well, he didn't get married.
2: No, never mind. Oh, trust me, married. if he if he, if he was married, I would know. Yeah, uh, John, Hunter got, Blaney, John
1: Hunter got that's,
0: married. That's a brain fart on my part. Willie B, <laughs> I wish so bad. the fact I saw
2: Aaron <laughs> if he got Blaney. married, I'd probably be invited as the Fresno fan club of Ryan <laughs> yeah. White.
1: Uh, pretty sure I saw Aaron Blaney's tweet with a happy birthday balloon to uh, Willie B, as they call him. Um, so we could go a little birthday narrative. Um, I don't know how much interest there is in Byron at this point. I mean, Canales is known to be hanging it up from a crew chief perspective at the end of the year. Does he want to help get another win? Probably, but you know. Does he want to screw up Chase Elliott's shot at a championship? Probably not. Does he want to screw up Alex Bowman's shot at a championship? Probably not. Uh, Austin Dillon, you can take a shot on him at $7,500. He's been pretty good at mile-and-a-half tracks this year. Uh, He has faded a little bit of late. He did get the win here earlier, though. Asterisk. Uh, It's kind of pit strategy and not really on his part. Um, That's kind of how this row breaks down. I mean... Byron can be sneaky at times, but it's kind of hard to peg which one, which week that's going to be. Yeah.
2: If you're paying for this row, you're paying for Austin Dillon on mm-hmm. 7500 on DK and way overpriced on Fanduel. But what's new? But yeah, 7500 Austin Dillon is if you're paying for this row is the one that you'd want on your in your lineups.
0: Yeah, I think I might play in both. Uh, next row is Eric Almora, Matt Benedetto. Couple of DFS darlings, I would say. Uh, Eric Eric actually has a pretty good resume here. Uh, top five, plenty of top tens, average finish of 6.8 in his last four uh, races at Texas. Uh, not the greatest position differential, but that's also because he typically starts pretty high. He is 8100 on DraftKings. Matt De Benedetto, who has shown immense improvement on mile and a half this year, is just 7700. And I'm going to toss this one to you. It's a bit of a curveball. Um, like, Who are you liking out of this row? Yeah, yes to both, no to both, or are you favoring one over not, the other?
2: I'm actually a, quite a big Matty D fan. I, I have he's actually won me quite a bit of money in DraftKings DFS this year. To be honest, I always kind of throw him in there. He's always in the seventy-seven to eight thousand dollar range, sometimes lower, which is really nice. Um, but this week, I kind of think Amarola is a better play. He he's better at this track for sure. Um and he's only $400 more on DraftKings. He's a lot more on FanDuel, like $1,400 more. But again, you know, I love you, FanDuel. But yeah, that's pricing's wrong. But Matty D, 7,700, Amarola, 81. I'd pay up to 400 because when I find my DFS in NASCAR, I have like 800 to work with. Like, I never want to get zero. But if I'm like 800 to like the 1,000 range off on salary, I, I still feel comfortable I'd rather pay up for Amarilla just for the way that he's pl- raced this course in the past. He has a, a much better record, and uh, Matty D lately not so great in my eyes. Matt, how are you feeling about this line? Uh, I would tend to agree um,
1: yeah. with with Ed there. I mean, Amarilla did. I mean, technically, both of them went backwards in July, but Amarilla was on the pole. It was another one of those things where I think somebody setting up the the random draw, uh owed Al- <laughs> Almirola some some money or some favors. Um but I mean he still finished in the top ten. Led some laps, had some nice fastest laps. De Benedetto is kind of baiting a little bit here down the stretch. Um you know he had that run there at mile and a half okay, but he De Benedetto's only posted three top twenty finishes in the last five races this season. Um, Almarola's, you know, posted four, not much better, but still a little bit better. So I'll probably lean Almirola just on his history at this track. Um, And like you said, there's $400 difference. So if Almirola gets into the top 10, which he usually does here, he hits value. Um, Shouldn't be that hard for him to do.
0: All right. The next two guys we're going to touch on are both rookies. Uh... (sighs) Yeah. A lot of people may gloss over these guys, but I think they're worth talking about. Christopher Bell at 7,200 on DraftKings. Cole Custer at 7,300 on DraftKings. These guys both have a win at Texas at the Xfinity level. Uh, Christopher Bell has been more dominant at this track at the Xfinity level, however. Um, What's the approach with these two this week? Non-playoff drivers, both rookies. I feel like at this point in the season, a lot of people, especially in DFS, may be glossing over rookies which I think might be a pretty good uh, leverage play in DFS. Am I wrong? Am I stupid? Matt? Let me. Know. No, I mean, I wouldn't
1: gloss over him. Um, I'd probably – it's kind of tough to discern which one I'm going to lean towards because they had kind of polar opposite races here in July, and that's the only one at the cup level you can pull from. That was when Christopher Bell, for some inexplicable reason, still had to start between, like, you know, was basically starting in the 30s every week for some inexplicable reason. Uh, But he finished 21st, so he moved up 12 spots. Meanwhile, Cole Custer crashed himself out of the race, finished 39th, so that's not a good look. Um, But if you're going to go with equipment, I would still say Cole Custer has a better overall car than Christopher Bell does at this point. But at mile-and-a-half tracks this year, uh, the edge goes to Christopher Bell. He's posted four top tens in mile-and-a-half tracks. Um, so that that's pretty impressive. I'm going to lean towards Bell, but I'm not terribly excited about it. But it's not like he has to do much to hit value. I mean, he's only going to move up a couple of spots, and then right. he's golden. So,
0: And I'm going to throw the next row to you. It's Eric Jones, uh, 8,900 versus, against lining up next to Bubba Wallace at 6,600. That's
1: Interesting. Uh, It is
0: a very interesting line, and Matt, I'll let you comment on it as well. It's because Eric Jones is moving into the 43 next year. Bubba Wallace in the 43 is moving to the 23 next year. Uh, Ed, how are you reading this line? I really like Jones.
2: uh, Yeah, well, me too. But, okay, this is my third time on this podcast, and it's been like a month, and I've been in three, right? And every time I say the same thing. Bubba Wallace does not give – can I cuss on this? I don't even know. I'll blur it out. Bubba Bubba Wallace does not give a – (laughs) about the remaining of the season he is so set on next year he does not give a bleep it out again i don't care
0: this is the 45 minute mark
2: (laughs) (laughs) he hasn't cared for the last two months what was going on this season um I've tried to play him in a few GPPs, and I, it just fails every time. I mean, if, if you like 10 points, go for it. You're good. <laughs> he, he's, he's so on to next year. Michael Jordan, he's living off all of his new things. Don't even bother with him in DFS. I mean, as a racer, yes, great. If you like him, fantastic. He's a great racer. But DFS, you want to make some money, don't even play him. Eric Jones, however, I love this week. Really love him. He has a great history at this course here he he got his new contract he's excited he's gonna go out there he's he's actually i think he's a really good racer like his strategy racing not his pit crew anything. like is he's a really good racer and he's in, and i think he's in a really good spot from from where he is for some pd especially at eighty nine hundred on draftkings again FanDuel, you know their pricing is awesome i'm sure they're gonna write me an email that i should stop talking about him on these podcasts but uh On DraftKings, great price. Eric Jones. I actually have him in the top five of must plays for this week and this course. Bubba Wallace, though, so, you know, he's in. also in Margaritaville. Jordan, hey. <laughs> Matt, what are your thoughts?
1: I mean, if you've read the track breakdown, Eric Jones is my core driver for the second tier in salaries. Um Guy has a 6.0 average finish here in the last four races, which ranks second in the field. Um... You know, yes, I know Tyler Reddick's average finish is 2.0, but he's only run one race, so we're not really going to count that as an average finish. Um, so Eric Jones ranks second in average finish. His average driver rating of 99.4 is eighth best in the field. Uh, or, no, sorry, sixth best in the field in that span. Uh, he basically is really, really good at Texas. He's finished fourth here, I think, three separate times, if I'm not mistaken. Um and a mile and a half. He's been pretty solid this year, and guess what? He still has the best average finish in the last five races uh, this season. So, Eric Jones is probably going to be pretty popular. I will say about Bubba Wallace at this price tag, he's really only got to move up like three spots and then he hits value. But I'll tend to agree with uh, Ed there that you won't. He's basically on the next year. He's got the Jumpman hype going. He just picked up a new sponsor today. For next year, um, so yeah, I mean, I get the price tag, but if you're if you're going mass multi-entry, sprinkle him into a few, but don't really bank on the guy.
0: All right, Matt. What about the next row? Tyler Reddick, seventy-nine hundred versus Chris again next to Chris Buscher. God damn, I suck at this this week, but he's lining up next to Buscher at sixty-eight hundred. Uh, who are you liking in this row? I feel like it's Reddick. He's got a came. I mean, he finished, he finished
1: second second in in July. And technically speaking, he did a better job of moving up through the field prior to that caution mm-hmm. than his teammate Austin Dillon. Um, and it looked for a little bit there that Reddick actually had the faster of the two cars. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 9,200 on Vandal is kind of a bit ridiculous for Tyler Reddick. Let's just put it out there. Um, I just don't think of him as, like, a $9,000 price tag guy on – uh, and the fact that he's actually more expensive than his teammate who actually won the race is kind of intriguing. Uh, yeah, I probably I probably take the stock in Tyler Reddick more than I would Busher. Really? Uh, cuz Busher is his average finish is 20.3 and he's starting 20th, so I just don't see the PD from from Busher this week like we had at Kansas last week. All
0: mm-hmm. right. Ed, I'm going to throw the next line to you. Clint Boyer, 8,700 uh, on DraftKings, 10,200 on FanDuel, which is a little steep. He's slightly yep. above the average burst driver. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. though is the nice play of the week on DraftKings at 6,900 and uh, 6,800 on FanDuel. If he was 6,900 on both sides, my head would have exploded. Uh, how you feeling about this row,
2: Ed? Is he the nice player of the week? Is he though? Ricky <laughs> Stenhouse Jr. Is by he the rule. nice play of the week? By rule. What you want you want to spend money just to lose it when he crashes out in two two laps by himself, not even anything? He, he's the nice day? player.
1: He's not the great hey, player. Hey, Ed, he made it two hundred and twenty one laps earlier
2: in July. <laughs> he did. <before> <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he almost made it all the way.
1: <laughs> well, sort of three hundred and thirty four laps did. in the
2: race. But then no. <laughs> no, listen. If you're trying to win money and playing Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in your DFS lineups, you're failing at yeah, wrong. He's finished 30... <laughs> you're doing it all wrong. He's because finished 31 out of every 40th. It's an oh, awful 10 races, he may finish, but nice. when he does finish, he finishes below his starting position. So, no. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., 6,900. 6,900. Dan. Nice. He's the... he, he can be at the he local is... go kart the... track by himself. Racing the go kart <laughs> by himself, he will still crash out. That's how bad he is.
1: Clint so Boyer, clearly, we're leaning uh, Boyer on this one. Yeah, um, yeah,
2: but yeah, not, a, yeah. Not, not on not on Fanduel. I swear not to God. Not on Fanduel though. That price Daniel's is. gonna send me a cease and desist order by the time this is over. <laughs> Ten uh, thousand two hundred dollars <laughs> for a guy. Did you see that picture on Twitter of him last week? He was done. <laughs> well, you
1: know why? He's gonna like to be out tomorrow next year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's well, you mean after the Roval? Handle the price of
2: 10-2 is ridiculous.
1: You mean after the Roval when he was sitting there up against his car? It turns yeah, out he I had, no, po- well,
2: he had no
1: power steering for the last 45 <laughs> laps around the Roval. Yeah. Oh, I'm not in- shocked he was tired because I mean, like,
0: I guess on a road course, it's kind of a pain in the ass, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's <Just>, <laughs> definitely looking forward to like <laughs> oh, the air conditioning, and Jeff There's Gordon's company, yeah, that the
2: craft services, time. yeah, so <laughs> uh, yeah, we're <laughs> definitely Boyer, leaning Boyer. On, on if you have to play someone, if you have to, if you're like a gun to your head and you have to play someone from this line, you play Clint Boyer, obviously, because Ricky Stenhouse Jr. couldn't be trusted in a porcelain shop with a, a lead ball. So there you go. Yeah. I mean,
1: I'm, I'm like, I mean, Boyer in the fall or in the July race here started 17th and finished 11th. His average finish over the last four races is like 12 and a half. Uh, He started 24th and finished 11th here last fall. So yeah, I mean, I don't mind Boyer at all at 8,700. I think there are certainly worse plays you could select from around this this point um so i don't mind he's probably going to be a pretty popular guy to play um for a position differential wise but yeah do not do not under any circumstances invest money in ricky stenhouse jr boom all
0: right just a handful of drivers left we'll try to rapid fire these bad boys uh matt michael mcdowell 6100 on dk starting next to john hunter Nemechek at 6300 on dk uh, he's more like, uh, yeah, checks the one that recently got married about the same time we were higher on him last week and he did nothing. How do you feel about this line this week?
1: Um, I don't exactly. know. I mean, they're, they're, exactly. yeah, that, that's a perfect summation. That's how you should feel about this line. Uh, if I'm going to play anybody, it might be McDowell simply because he's got an average starting spot this year at intermediates of 25 and a half and finishes just outside the top 20. And he's got seven top 20 finishes in 13 races. Um, I mean, so does Nemechek, But can you trust Nemechek to keep it on the track the whole time? I don't think so. Um, so I would lean McDowell. Not happy about it, though.
0: All right, next row, Ryan Newman, 6,400. Jimmy Johnson, 9,400. Ed, throwing this one to you. How are you feeling about this one? Ryan Newman is typically a guy like a year ago that Matt and I were targeting a lot for, like, position differential he was he was getting it with practice qualifying and you know matt and i seem to kind of agree that maybe the daytona rack has made him a little more cautious screwed with him a little bit in terms of his racing ability all in all this is a weird year for racing without practice and qualifying and COVID and whatnot but who you like most in this field i feel like it's the easy answer it's it's the layup with jj for the pd
2: yeah jj for the pd but but the price is still a little high for me to be honest 94 and 98 i mean there's a lot more you could do with your lineups but if you have to choose from this uh line i guess uh jj but even i test again i test watch the last couple races watch the races he hasn't been looking that great and he's on his way out too so i kind of want to fade this line to be honest
0: really even on jj was like
2: his third the last race yeah uh, he hasn't looked good he just hasn't looked good to me and i don't want to pay up 9400 when i can get you know Ryan Blaney at 10, 600 more. I can I can get Eric Jones for 89. Like I just I don't know. I have a hard time doing it. Maybe you can talk me into a man. Go ahead, Matt. Uh
1: no, I'm gonna take the opposite approach. I'm gonna talk you further out of Jimmy Johnson. Um oh. Ryan Newman has a better average finish in the last five races this year than Jimmy Johnson. They just do. Uh Ryan Newman has posted four top twenty finishes. Here in the last four races, Jimmy Johnson's only posted two. Ryan Newman's average finish is six spots better than Jimmy Johnson in the last four races. And over the last eight races here, Newman's got a better finish by two spots a race. Um, At mile and a half tracks this year, as shaky as Newman has been, he still has basically the same, if not slightly better in some aspects, record than Jimmy Johnson. And last but not least, I'll take a $3,000 savings on Ryan Newman than I will on Jimmy Johnson. Like if you're going to give me Ryan Newman starting 25th for a guy that at this distance this year in 12 races has averaged finish of 19.0, I'll take the 6 spot to position differential for $3,000 less than Jimmy Johnson.
2: Okay. Malin, I believe uh, Matt just sells-bombed us, and I'm copywriting. sells <laughs> bomb on this podcast. Both. I mean,
1: as much as it pains me to not go with Jimmy Johnson in his last Texas race the track, he's won at seven times, uh, he just doesn't look like... And besides, I saw a clip of him testing an Indy car this week.
0: I looked much more invested in that. Yeah, he
1: looked... He was focused on it he was exactly. in the car he was like super excited you. to be like i'm testing my ride next year i don't think he cares about cup series right now i just don't he's not in the playoffs he's not gonna win in his last four races in the cup series it, so and I'm him paying,
2: couple races, dude, yeah
1: but. i'm not paying 9400 for jimmy johnson at this point
2: all right
0: we'll move on no to South yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll rapid fire the next few drivers: uh, Ty Dillon, Corey Lejoy, Ryan Priest, Daniel Suarez, Matt Kenseth, who I'm still tempted to go with this week after flopping <laughs> our face. Don't do it. Uh, Matt and I were really on him last week, and I'm tempted to go back this week.
1: Yeah, how did that work out for us last it week?
0: Went poorly, but I'm I am a bit of a martyr, so I'm willing to go back. Although to in this. fairness,
1: didn't he have a? Didn't he have a? Did he have a mechanical issue?
0: He did, I, th- I
1: think. Or did somebody... Some, I mean, I know his teammate Kurt Bush's engine blew up.
0: One second.
1: But... Somebody else had a mechanical issue, I thought. Um, uh, but but how are you feeling about LaJoy and Ty I don't know what to do with those two anymore. I honestly yeah. don't. I mean, we talked about them about 40 minutes ago in the news section, about they're still kind of fighting for rides, maybe. Um. But I don't think a Texas race late in the season at this point is going to change anybody's opinion of Ty Dillon or, or Corey LaJoy. Unless one of them happens to win it, and then there's going to be a massive asterisk like the time Chris Buescher won at Pocono because he stayed on the track when Fog rolled in and they called the race and he won it. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I'm probably more tempted to go with Ty Dillon simply because I tend to like his PD mm-hmm. generally speaking. I have more faith in that car than I do Corey LaJoy's. Ryan Priest, not really intrigued by Ryan Priest, but Daniel Suarez. My
2: boy this week. I'm oh,
1: steal God. Edwards Thunder here. Daniel Suarez should be in your lineup. He just should be. Like you can't really base the two top fives in the last four races off of anything because those generally happen with JGR equipment, um or SHR equipment, which is Like, multitudes better than the car he's in right now. However, in July, in the 96 car, uh, he started 37th and finished 23rd. All right? And in 13 intermediate races this year in this car, this is from this season, He's got an average finish of 27th, and he's got one of the best PD, if not the best PD mark in the field. He's starting 30th. Can he get another top 25? I think so, probably, given how he likes Texas. This is also, by the way, his technical home track, because he's from Mexico. This is the closest they get aside from Phoenix, but he considers Texas to be the home track. So there is that going to. Yeah, I
2: agree with that. Daniel Suarez is like up there. Like, listen, go to fancyalarm.com. Go to the NASCAR lineup generator. These guys do a great job of making the the um, projections and everything. Just lock in Harvick and Suarez. Make ten lineups based off the uh, playbook. You're gonna win. That's pretty much what I'm gonna do because. Suarez at 5500 on both sides. FanDuel, see? Now I'm giving FanDuel praise. <laughs> FanDuel, 5500 yeah, Good right job. See? You had to listen to the whole podcast for me to praise you. 5500 on both. Daniel Suarez is in a great position. PD in this course. 6.4 plus 6.4. The best of any driver in the field over the last 13 races. Like I said, you have to lock in someone. Lock in Harvick, lock in Suarez, make your lineups and win some money with Fantasy Alarm.
0: I mean, if you locked in a guy like if you locked in Suarez and Harvick and then went to Ryan Newman, who you both prefer over Jimmy Johnson, that leaves you with just over $9,000 per driver for your last three driver.
2: Darn.
1: Oh, Blaney and Jones. Blaney. Blaney and Jones and figure out a $7,000 uh, guy.
2: That's what you do in Texas this week, baby. That's what you do right there. We're yeah, yeah, I'm going roller roll Reddick. Key to win. Reddick, thank you.
0: Okay, so we just gave away a lineup. It is Suarez, Harvick, Harvick, Newman, Jones,
1: Jones Blaney, Reddick. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Somebody play that and tell me how much money you win, and then I'm yeah. taking a percentage of it.
2: Yeah, yeah be it 5% each of us. So that's 50%. I mean, uh, but that's if Ricky said junior is in it, I ain't taking the money.
1: The fact that you can get Harvick, Blaney, Jones, Reddick, Newman, and Suarez into a lineup is pretty Rose. impressive on DraftKings. I'm going to go on mute and throw I'm up. up. That right now. <laughs> that is and if you lineup, put Suarez in a lineup it. on FanDuel, you can basically afford Harvick <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. Chase and Bowman and Truex. Yeah, you like, could play uh, Clem Boyer
2: in that lineup, FanDuel.
1: <laughs> probably.
2: $10,200. dollars we price tag. to price.
0: Uh, We went a little over, so we do apologize. Uh, But we'll try and wrap it up really quick. Matt, any final thoughts as we head into Texas? After this, it's just Martinsville and Phoenix. A couple yes. short, short-ish tracks. Well, definitely a short track with Martinsville.
1: The two of them combined equal the length of Texas.
0: Do they still give away a clock for the playoff winner Martinsville? Martinsville? Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes, they, they do. Might, they like, give away playoff, a... A nine-foot-tall grandfather clock, yes. Um, So for strategy builds this week at Texas, there's 334 laps in the scheduled distance, so you're going to want to get a a piece of laps lead in both GPPs and cash. You're probably going to want to build more towards a little bit of selling out towards laps lead uh, in GPPs than cash, but it's also kind of hard to bank on massive place differential here because – only twice in the last five races have there been more than five drivers with double-digit place differential. So it's kind of a, uh, you know, you start up front, you're going to finish up front unless something goes terribly wrong for you kind of track. Um, Don't expect a whole lot different going into this race. I mean, last fall... The race was basically run almost the same weekend in Texas, and there were four double-digit place differential folks. Um, You know, 25 guys have positive place differential, but if you're only moving up one spot, it doesn't really help you very much. So um, that's kind of the strategy deal. And by the way, Harvick was on the pole for that race as well. Won it, had 67 fastest laps, 119 laps led. So uh, that's the story of Texas, is that Kevin Harvick, is likely going to dominate. The year before that, he was he started third, won the race, had 83 fastest laps, 177 laps led. So take anything from this podcast, it's Kevin Harvick's probably going to win on Sunday. Uh,
0: Ed, thank you so much for your time tonight. Any last words for Texas?
2: Hey, man, even though it's Texas, it's not going to be boring. I mean, it's going to be boring, but it's not going to be boring because it's NASCAR. And I'm really depressed that after this, there's only two races left because I got really into it this year. The good, the
1: good news is
2: it of, has a short off season. A short off season. Because the Daytona Five Hundred is so excited.
1: Like February. Can, Ryan
2: Blaney six. is going to win the championship next year. Put on the board. That's all I got to say. Don't <laughs> play. God, if you call that now, goodness gracious! Put your money down. Wageralarm.com. Put your money down on <laughs> Ryan Blaney to win the to win the whatever it's called. It was Monster last year. Who knows what it'll be called next year? It's just Put the Cup it. Series. The Cup Series. He's going to win the Cup <laughs> Series next year. Put your money down. And uh, enjoy the race this week, everybody. And uh, thank you guys for having me on. This has been fun. I'm really depressed. It's only two weeks after this left. And uh, hopefully I could uh, get on for the championship one. I think it would be fun for Phoenix. I won't talk much, though, I promise.
0: All right. Well, he's uh, Ed. uh, Matt, thank you for your time, as always. Best of luck to you guys. And best of luck to the FA Nation.
1: Best of luck, FA Nation.